1: Come with sound effects and all Big Seals hit for Harry Mays That is the legendary Perry Brookster with his own sound effects Here on the middle We are taking the seat of Harry Just for a little bit longer As he's on vacation So he doesn't carry his phone with him, right? Bro,
2: I've called him twice (laughs) And Harry's not even answered the phone, bro Uh, And and I'm one of the guys he, He tolerates you know what I'm saying? He still hasn't called me back or anything, you know? So when Harry's off, he's off, bro. He's off, off.
1: Jesus, man. I, he, he, <laughs> I, I See, but I have, I have a select circle, too. When people text me, okay, I'll look down at it. And, hey, I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll go like this. I don't know. <laughs> 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 he, he, watch this. Okay, this is a Wednesday. Respond, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> or I'll go like this. I'll look down and I'll go like this. Shit, Zanders. Uh, I'll, I'll get back with him in about two hours.
2: At <laughs> least <laughs> you put a time limit on it. I man, I, I leave my phone just anywhere. I, I I don't even, and I know exactly where I leave it, but I leave it there and I just leave it there because I once I get it, like especially when I get in my garage. I You know, the only time I look at my phone is if I'm YouTubing something, trying to figure out how to do something in there. (laughs) Other than that, I don't see it.
1: What do you you lose more, your keys or your phone? My phone? Your phone? Me too, man.
2: (laughs) Because you know what? I can't lose my keys. Whenever I come in, I put my keys in one place. And people know, if you touch my keys, the keys are almost like the remote. If you touch it, (laughs) it's it's on and popping, man. You know what I'm saying? It's on and popping.
1: oh, Oh, hey, hey. Can I show you this? Why do you say remote? I don't know what it is, but I carry my remote around the house. (laughs) Dude, I don't know why. (laughs) Exactly. Baron. I carry this thing around as much as I do my phone. And I'm like, I don't know why I carry the remote because, you know, I I got certain channels and certain shows that kind of check out to see what some of these idiots are talking about, and I'll take a topic, and I'll look at it and go, well, they're so stupid, but I like the topic. Right. And I'll go, like, you know, and I'll write it down, and I'll, but I carried the remote around. Like, I could take it into the John with me. I, I mean, I don't know what that is, but every time I look around, there's the remote. It's sitting next to me all the time. I carry that thing all around with me.
2: Bro, my family says, hey, Dad, I need the remote. I'm like, for what? <laughs> For what? For what? All right, yeah, you don't need the remote. No, use your phone. You can use your phone. You know, I I I need my remote. So I have an extra remote that I keep. Like I I literally have like my sitting room, my uh bedroom, my office. I have like four extra remotes. For four extra t for, for four TVs in a house because if you touch mine, it's, it's a problem. It's hey, a problem.
1: Hey, I got five TVs, but wait, a minute, we got to stop the show. Go ahead, my mom's on here. <laughs> okay. Good morning, mom. You <laughs> see, good morning, mom. Hey. How you doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, just I just want you to understand that my aunt watches every single show. Right, right. That so. I do, and you know what? I, I I said this to you the other day. You know, you've cleaned my language up because you know. I mean, now I know your mom's in here, man. I can't. I, you know, I'm. I, I, I feel like if you notice, I'm saying, "Darn it!" Now yeah. I'm saying, I'm "Effed up!" Now I'm, I'm, I'm like this. I don't know what it is, but Miss Brooks has got me now, going like this. Now I can't. Whoa, 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 I can't drop F bombs or anything, man. I'm doing this. I messed hey, up now.
2: Big seals, big seals. Though I mean, she, she, she she's trying to get to heaven now, bro. Because back in the day, I'm telling you. <laughs> Back in the day, bro, I'm, hey, 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 you know, now, you know what I'm saying? I she's get on the right path, man. But okay. hey, I'm you, I, I, I told the stream all the time, she she's to, uh. she to keep her, her, her snake charmer with her. her okay, so, charmer, hey. What, her she snake was so a bear- gun. It's a gun, man. It's a gun. It's a 38 special. Her snake charmer, she used to carry it around with her. That's when you, you know. What you, a G. Bro, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> One time, man, I, I was out, I was doing something. Is this cool? Yeah. To, is this cool? Does Mom Brooks want this out that she's packing, bro? Does she don't care? She don't care. I mean, she. told my! My brother's the same way, but um, she went. She went around like when my parents were married, they were in uh, they were in the army, and we were living for Fort Dix. and uh, I was doing something, and I just left, and I was doing something. I was out longer than I was supposed to. She was walking around in her robe with a machete, looking for me. She was looking to kill me, bro. You know, straight up, bro. <laughs> she had a machete, dog. There's no coming back from that, bro.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. So you were raised by military people.
2: Yes, bro. Yes. Yes. Yes, Dang, most definitely. Man.
1: Holy you know. hey, not much lying in that house, man. <laughs> right, right. Right,
3: right. Holy right. cow.
1: I, here, here's here's a few things. Uh Mrs. Brooks, I bet this. I bet there was a switch and a shed somewhere involved. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bet there was a shed somewhere, man. Yes,
2: yes, most definitely, man. You know, but hey, man, it it taught me discipline. You know, my pops was in the service. My mom, you know, she was very strict. And, you know, a lot of kids out there doing
1: dumb stuff. still packs her piece. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, Mrs. Brooks, just so you know, my wife, she asks for, I've been married to my wife for 33 years. I know, shocking, huh? I've been (laughs) married to my wife for 33 years. And I go, so, honey, what do you want for, um, for your birthday or for christmas you want to you know cuz we lost our little puppy or something she goes i want a gun and i went <laughs> what I want a gun she goes yeah cuz you know i lost the gun in the move when we moved out to california you know i lost my 38 <laughs> and i'm going like hey man i mean my wife thinks you should carry a gun everywhere man because she she goes like this i go and i threw some i threw some things out. i go fishing yeah you never know who's going to jump in the boat camping right. yeah <laughs> need a gun camping. How about going to a store? She goes, "Have you seen them malls lately?" Okay. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't dispute any place that you couldn't carry a gun. Right, man.
2: right, right. I mean it's, it's it's you know, it's almost a necessity these days, you know. You look at what's going on in Ukraine. They weren't allowed to have guns, you know. They didn't have the second amendment. So, you know, it's it, 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 it's tough on them now. Now they're trying to, you know, do everything they can to get them guns and stuff. So, that's one thing about the Brooks household. You're not just running up there. You might run up in here, but you ain't running out. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna limp out. You gonna leave going some of you is gonna be left in my house. How you know about this? It's like a
1: bronch tale, that movie. Now you can't leave. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, what's what's the driftwood? Huh?
2: What's the driftwood? Oh, that's a stick, bro. It's a stick. It is <laughs> you know, driftwood is um, you know, it's it it's it's a it's it's a lot stronger, man, because it's
1: soaked, soaked in that water so long and it dried out, uh-huh.
2: and that stick, bro. I mean, you could take just, that stick and bang it against the wall and it still wouldn't break.
1: Oh, uh, uh, bang it against the wall. I'm interested. Um. So what did what what did Mom Brooks use the uh, driftwood on?
2: Well, just just you know, I didn't get CTE from getting
1: <laughs> hitting people in the head or you know hitting people in football fields. You know ah. what I'm saying?
2: It might have started earlier than that. Just put it like that. <laughs> it <laughs> it might roll. A, little drink, a little bit of drain, a brain pro, you know, trauma to my head. Just a little bit.
1: Bro. Hey, you I know. could just see Brooks coming to the line of scrimmage, man. Hey, I'm gonna kill you, Brooks. You go, You ain't got shit on me, man. Have you ever run into driftwood? Right. You got anything on <laughs> I me, mean, man? And her her <laughs> big thing was her big thing was all right then. Hey, I'm you curious. think I'm of you
2: Reggie White. Uh-huh. <laughs> her big thing was, okay, then, okay, then. What would you rather have? You gonna be afraid of me, you're gonna be afraid of him. Oh, I'm not scared of him. I'm not scared. I'll take him all day. I'm not messing with you. You know, Absolutely. that was a big thing. Hey
1: man, let me throw this at you here. Okay, you know, we started this will be the second day. I can't believe it that I'm gonna say something NBA. John ja Moran, <laughs> is that guy oh. the face? Hey Barrett, is he the face now of the NBA? This guy drops 52. On the Spurs, and I'm I'm getting text messages going, Sills, you gotta watch this guy, man. Didn't he come out the same year as Zion? And everyone's like, Oh my god, this guy, what do you mean he's the rookie of the year? You know, you didn't give it to Zion. Zion didn't play all the games. This kid, I know he plays in Memphis, but well, man, that's a problem
2: right there. He plays in Memphis.
1: It's between a beat and beating him, isn't it, for MVP. And Embiid is just the more
2: consistent guy of, 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 of you know the numbers, you know the stat. And he line. plays in Philly, right? And you know the fourth biggest market. Um, John Morant is one of I a mean, uh, John Morant is, is just a, I don't know, man. I don't think he has wings on his feet or something, man. But this kid just stays in the air for so long. He rises up, and then it's like he kicks on a jetpack and then rises up some more and dunking on seven footers. This this dude is just unbelievable. Man. He plays like Kobe. Right, right. I um I heard a couple of guys, you know, on um on uh on ESPN the Day saying he's a kind of a mixture of AI. Oof. You know, AI mixed in with a you know, um who, who, who was the other guy? I forget the other guy's name. But I can see the AI characteristics because he's taller than AI. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's about two or three inches tall. Hey, I
1: I, I love Iverson. Iverson's one of my favorite athletes of Bro. all time. Polarizing dude. Man, I, you know, everyone, they love Kobe, but I was an Iverson guy. I was always an Allen Iverson dude. I loved him at G-Town. I mean, I, every time, here. here's the only problem with him, though. Getting him on the show, watch this. All right, Sills, what time you need me? 3 3.30. Hey man, it's 5 30. Shows up. You're like, right. hey, very <laughs> online. Overly- He's on AI time, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The dude, oh, yeah. He just rolls in his own way, man. But I could see where you throw AI in there, man. Well, you know, this AI's guy's he got has. a great crossover, too. And
2: and the heart that AI had, man. That's 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 it, man. The heart that he has, that's 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 enough said. Just his ability to go out, to just have that killer instinct every single night. Every time he stepped on the basketball court. In game situations, not practice, yeah. But game situation, he's gonna give his all. He's gonna leave it all on the court, and that's what I love about him, man. He just had a heart of a champion, man. He just, they just put some guys around him. You know, that's why I don't understand. You know, why they didn't give him what he needed to take it to that next level. You know, I mean, I wish they built super teams, and he was a part of that whole. Super team genre that you I know, think he just is.
1: loved playing at Philly and for Larry Brown. Oh yeah. I, I, I really do. And you know what it would the the thing with Allen Iverson has always been look his background, how he was raised, you know, I mean how strong mentally or sometimes weak mentally he could be. Yeah, he was a very fragile guy mentally because of all the experiences that he had gone through. Remember, man. This guy had scholarships to play football. He could, you know, you know, from what I understand, he had over like a hundred scholarships. And Bobby Bowden offered him a scholarship to come down and play college football at Florida State. He thought he could be the next Charlie Ward, someone like that, you know, and there were teams all over Michigan, Ohio State. Then when he got arrested in that bowling alley, everything went away. And the only guy to save his ass was really John Thompson, because his mom went in. And beg John Thompson to bring him to Georgetown. I mean, imagine getting your scholarship and signing your scholarship in jail. Right. I mean, how crazy is that? So his whole toughness and his whole background and how he was raised. I love the Iverson story. I've talked to Alan a bunch of times and man, he's his own dude. Yep. And you're right. I thought that um the owner and I thought that Larry Brown, they just never put really a lot of talent around him he carried that nba team that sixer team all the way to the finals i forget did they win game two or yeah, game one it, was against that shack team
2: yeah yeah I mean, I mean
1: i was like and i was out in los angeles at the time my daughter was born during that time and i'm like dude i don't know if they're gonna win another game but then rolling into staples at the time and winning that game i went like this holy cow they end up beating them 4 one but still, Barrett, I mean, I couldn't believe they rolled into that building and won that game against them. You know, it, Everyone it just didn't make Toronto sense. Went, Holy yep.
2: crap. And they brought, there always brought in guys that were, you know what I'm saying, too long in the tooth. You know what I'm saying? Like, bring in Derek Coleman. Come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? He, was on this, he wasn't even on his oh, last yeah. leg. You know, he, both tires were blown out. You know, yeah, yeah. Net, Nets Derek
1: Coleman was great. Sixer Derek Coleman was not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right you just didn't give it to him though man like
2: ai just just had the fight of a champion man he just didn't have a championship roster around him and just you know just just the way he he's he was an icon as far as how he put hip-hop into basketball you know used to be that everybody was wearing the steve harvey suits to to you know if they're on the bench or you know they're to games and stuff everybody wanted you know the michael jordan suits here come, you know, here comes AI in the back. He, he used to go to this place in um, you know, in Philly, you know, everybody used to go and and, and get their clothes from, all the big guys like myself, called Tories. We go to Tories and buy all the stuff up. Well, AI, here he is, a basketball player, about you know, six foot, uh 160 pounds soaking wet. And he's buying three X's. I can't go get my three X's because he's got three X's on. I'm like, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, come on, now. You know he wearing, yeah. you know, but he 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 set that whole thing up. You know, as far as wearing corn rolls and braids and tattoos and you know the arm sleeve. You know, people don't understand that that arm sleeve he had. He had a contusion in his elbow, and the, you know they you put that sleeve on. to to, to bring down the swelling in that. Yeah, the bursar
1: sack's broken.
2: Yeah, everybody does that. We put it on, you know, when your bursar sack breaks, just to get some of that swelling out. He made it iconic as a fashion stick, and they're still using
1: it to this day. I know. I know. know That's exactly why you see anytime you see, like, a football dude, it's not so much that they don't want to hit the turf. It's because they're trying to get that bursar sack fluid down. And, you know, that thing can look like a grapefruit, man. When you break that bitch, (laughs) that thing, that thing. I'll tell you a quick story about hip hop and sports. So, I go out to Vegas and I started my broadcasting career out in Vegas and I got to know Tarkanian. So, I I knew that you and I would have loved to know him, man. Oh, hey, this guy, man, how he ran that Running Rebel basketball program was so awesome. And Larry Johnson used to come back all the time to events that Tark had. And so, he found out, Larry Johnson, he goes, holy cow, you played on those those 80s Canes teams? Man, we thought you guys were gangsters. We wanted to be you. I was like, Hoss, you have no idea. We watched you guys play, and we wanted to be like you guys, man. <laughs> and we were going back and forth talking about how – oh, I love running Rebel basketball. Back Me then too. I thought they reminded, they reminded us a little bit of how we handled ourselves. I mean – People call. Hey, can you imagine this? Barrett calling African Americans ninety seven percent of our team was was black players, calling them gangsters and calling right. them convicts. Can you imagine convicts versus Catholics in today's society? Oh man, flying. It,
2: it, no, it's not flying at all, man. And you know, just just the way that whole thing you know came about, man. And 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 you know, the guy that made those T shirts. Man, he was actually a basketball player, man. They kicked him off the squad for it, man. You know that was crazy. I saw that thirty for thirty or whatever it was, man. Yeah, but, it was
1: thirty for thirty on
2: ESPN. Yeah. But yeah. look at I'm I'm looking at that 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 running rebels team, bro. That was like that was like
1: Stacy Ogman. Yep.
2: Yeah. you know who my guy Anderson was, Anderson Hunt.
1: You know, you know who my guy was. Ooh, I love
2: Moses Scurry, man.
1: Why? Scurry, he was like the backup. Set. every time he came in, though, man, guy dropped twenty. Bro, Moses Oh, Scurry. I loved him. You know why I love him the most? Because every
2: time he jumped up and got his rebound, he was screaming,
4: ah! Yeah, yeah.
2: I love. It. So every time I scored or did something, I'm yelling just like him, bro. I'm all that stuff. I'm like, yo, that squad had me so, so hype. In fact, look at Moses Curry. He looked like he just came off a 40 night every night. Just like he yeah. just got to drink some Mad Dog, man. Hoss, but
1: you know what you would get at Thomas and Mac? People, like – you know how you see the stars at Laker games or All-Star games? Man, you would see all the major stars in Las Vegas. Tark would have them down there. They were $1,300 courtside seats to watch running Rebel basketball. College basketball? College bat There was a rule, too, Barrett, that you Vegas you could bet on every other team, but you couldn't bet on the running Rebels because – they didn't want anyone to have any kind of craziness going on. And Tark ran that team. Boy, I'll tell you something. He ran Las Vegas, too. I mean, Tarkanian was a legend. Owned I a restaurant, on the towel. Piece of a <laughs> casino. Hey, Sils, come in here, man. We're here at the Tropicana. I'm like, why? He goes, I hey, get a little piece of this. Come in here. To- I'll hook you up with some rooms. I was like, the buffet's fantastic. He goes, yeah, man. Try the muffins. And, make sure, and I'm going like, all right, man. So anyway, all right. I got some news for you today. You ready? What's up? So I posted this on my Twitter page, at the Ancelio Show. Washington Redskins, you ready? Yep. The Washington Redskins have made a contact to the Seattle Seahawks on a potential package for Russell Wilson. And plan B is Mitchell Trubisky is getting a lot of run right now for them to potentially bring down Mitchell Trubisky from Buffalo. He's the backup quarterback to Josh Allen. And before people start going crazy, I want to throw this at you. Mitchell Trubisky's record as a starting quarterback is 29 and 21 with a division title in the same division that Aaron Rodgers played in. They were 11 and three, I think it was three years ago, when he was the starting quarterback in Chicago. So I know he lost his job. I know maybe – and we said this I think maybe yesterday too because we were talking about Sam Howell, the quarterback that came out or is coming out this year of North Carolina. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky was taken off the tree when he wasn't ripe. He wasn't ready. Now he goes to a place where there's great coaching because I'll tell you something, Barrett. I saw Mitchell Trubisky this past offseason go to Chicago and they were playing against Justin Fields. I didn't recognize the way the guy was looking at progressions, but he got around Brian Dable, and he got around uh, Sean McDermott, and you could tell he was coached better. I said this to people, and I'll say this to you about Chicago. And I think I've said this to you. Chicago hasn't had an all-pro quarterback in 60 years. Right. (laughs) No, it's true. It's Sid Luckman. They haven't had an all-pro guy in 60 years. And can you really name me a quarterback, in your opinion, in the last 40 years that you would go like this? Let me build my team around. I mean, Jake Cutler? McMahon? No. Get this. I'll tell you this about McMahon. In Jim McMahon's entire career, he never played a 16-game schedule because he was always hurt. Never at any time. He, I think he played like 17 years, never played a full 16 games in a season. So I always thought Jim had a frail makeup about his body, and I thought that really beat him up a lot, and that's why he never really played. But McMahon led him, Rex Grossman. I mean, we're not talking about star quarterbacks here. So, I mean, you're not going to get the proper coaching because they just don't hire Matt Nagy. I'll tell you what, I don't know, 29-21, and won a division title. That's as good as Chicago's had since Lovey was there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, so Trubisky is not that my, – my point is it's not that bad an option. Um, this puts the Eagles now on the hot seat because if you land Russell Wilson, let's just take it for what – if they land Russell Wilson and Dallas has Dak, Haas, I think you and I are on the same page. Jalen's a heck of a guy, and I'm not going to do backhanded slaps here by going, he's a great guy, but he's a great guy, but we know this. You and I know this. You're constantly trying to be replaced when you played in the league. You told me that the other day. No matter where you were, people were always trying to replace you. Absolutely. Drafting a guy, whatever. That's what this is right here with Jalen here. I'll tell you what, man, if Washington Washington lands Russell Wilson, they'll go to the NFC Championship
2: game. Bro, there's no question about that. If Washington gets Russell Wilson, they will be competing not just in the NFC East, but in the NFC period because they already have a defense that's, you know, tops among – it's a top six, top five defense in the league right now. And Russell Wilson comes in there and solidifies that offense, Gains it gives them ex, you know, exacting, um, exact potential to have a great offense when he steps in the door. Just by him walking in the door makes you respect that offense and how you game plan that offense. So it gives them instant credibility going forward. They would be, no, no, no question, they would be the winner of the division. And you know, going forward, you know, they, like I said, they would c- compete. Uh, in the playoffs simply because he comes in and legitimizes what they do on the offensive side of the ball. Totally legitimizes
1: it. Chris over here says that he had a horrible coach. I I don't believe that. I think Justin Fields is not the guy. If you could take Mitchell Trubisky to a 29 and 21 record, um, I'm sorry. I've never been sold on Justin Fields. Then again, I have never been sold on any quarterback that in the future in the rear Whoever comes out of Ohio State. It's the only <laughs> position in that franchise and in that program that they've never produced an NFL star player. In the 157 years, Barrett, that Ohio State has played football, can you name me one quarterback in the history of Ohio State where you went like this? Holy cow. Who? Mike Tomczak? <laughs> name me one guy. One guy. Kirk Crenchel or whatever the hell that I mean I can't think of one
2: player Bobby Hoing I played with Bobby Hoing his he can they He's probably year, their best and he was the worst. He we we went to a we had a record of 3 and 13 when he started as a quarterback. But you know it was a lot of stuff that went off the rails that year in uh 1998, bro. I mean I mean 97. Everything went off there. We were 3 and 13. It was a bad it was just a bad year period. The 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 offensive coordinator's name was Dana Bible. They know. a Bible halfway through the season. Was that B.C.? Yeah, yeah. Halfway through the year, he was relegated to being um, the guy that did the cards for, for, you know, scout team. And Bill Musgrave, who was in a jersey playing the year before, was uh, an assistant on the team, became the offensive coordinator halfway through the year. That's how bad it was in Philly during that year, during that time. I mean, he had just stepped out the field, became in a quality control guy, ended up being an offensive coordinator for our team. And Bobby Hoyne could not read defenses because we had John Gruden, the year his rookie year. And John would tell him, Hey, if you got two jet all go, you hit Irvin Fryer right here. Didn't matter, you know, even in practice, in practice, he said, look, throw it to Irvin over here. And our defense would pick it off in practice. But getting the game situation. Gruden knew exactly where the ball should go, and he hit him during the games, which made him a good quarterback. And all of a sudden, you know, came out that, you know, Gruden left and went to to the Raiders and, then, you know, steps up Dana Bible, and they're now trying to teach him how to read defenses. They had to cut the field in half, and he still couldn't read it. So they had to cut the field in quarters and tell him, hey, this is where you go to. He still couldn't execute the offense. It was I – man, we led the league in sacks because he would hold the ball all day and would not. He didn't want to throw any interceptions, so he would just hold the ball or take the sack. It was
1: just
2: that's like the worst him.
1: time. Gruden loved the guy too. I want to tell you John gruden's story. So, um I I, I think I've told you that I was really great friends with Al Davis. I mean, great friends with Al Davis. Just he wanted me to name my daughter. Um, like a uh, uh, Alice or something like that, because we were like, no, Alice, we we're naming them out. By the way, my daughter's Danielle. It's not named after me. It's named after my grandpa. Oh. And so, like, yeah. And so, like, you know, he's like, I went he took us to dinner at the Palm and stuff. I used to fly to Vegas with him. You know, he either wanted, he wanted either the team to be in, like, North Hollywood, where funny SoFi is now, okay, or he wanted the team to be in Vegas. That's why it ended up in Vegas, because, Al really had a great relationship anyway. So he goes, hey, come down. Come down to the facility here. So I go down to Alameda, and I go down there. I walk in, and there's Ken Herrick and everybody. They're sitting in a room, and I go, what's happening? He goes, we got this young kid coming in. I want you to sit in the back. Don't say nothing. Just shut up. And so I go, okay, I'm sitting back there. I'm on the air, too. I mean, I'm a radio host at this time. I'm working at KMBR. And so I'm in the back, and... John Gruden, he must have been 32, 3, something like that. And he was the OC in Philly. He and was my OC, he, my rookie year. He walks in. John Gruden starts getting on the chalkboard. I was talking about, like, screenplays. Gruden's going all like this, going like, yeah, yeah, you know, you go over here with a triple triple set here, you know. And John Gruden's offensive plays. I don't think people understand John Gruden's got all this terminology for like five plays. It's like, I mean, I mean, Barrett, I don't know how you guys didn't have pre-snap penalties because you got, I mean, it's complicated. That's why you have to have a veteran quarterback with John Gruden or guys like that, because there's 17 different things that a quarterback has to say to set the line protection. If it's going to be block and release on the tight end, if you're going to put a guy in motion, he's drawing all this up. I'm like, Al ask me after. I go, boy, I'll tell you, man, that's pretty complicated. You're going to need a veteran quarterback. And that's why a guy like Gannon or those yep. Tim Rattays <laughs> or those other guys, they kind of could see it a little bit. A rookie guy coming in with John Gruden? No way. No question, no though. No way. You, you, Am I right when I say that about Gruden? It used to be, used to be a dissertation. You know, we got red right.
2: We got red right, trips right. <laughs> we got – um. Why stick nod, such and such, such, such over here on three. Ready break. Get to the line of scrimmage. All right, we got Ray Big, Ray Big, Ray Big. We're sliding the line from right to left. And, you know, you got the big side, big meaning, you know, the offensive line got the big guys. And then you got the backs got the, you know, the wheel over here. I mean, it was just so complicated trying to get everybody lined up in place, man. It, it was just, like I said, it was a dissertation, man. You know, every I time. I thought that's
1: what always – I thought that's what always hurt him, you know? Yep, yep. Was that it was so complicated. By the way, real quick here, man. How do you think Jalen has handled all the quarterback conversation and all the quarterback noise around what people are saying? Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Is Jalen the guy? How do you think he's handled it?
2: Well, it's a good thing he's a coach's kid because he understands you know, he understands what it is to be a player and understand that you're you know, you're dispensable. You know, they don't need you. You know, you're disposable income to to a team. So he understands, what have you done for me lately? And he also sees that he didn't have the best outing the last time he played in that playoff game. So he's going to work and do everything he can and and leave all the outside noise and use it to help him become a better player. So good, bad, or indifferent, he's going to learn from this situation and become a better player because of it. He's been through it before. He went through it and was benched when he was with um with, with Alabama. Alabama. Stepped up and still won a game for him before his departure and left and and he went to uh Oklahoma. Gets to Oklahoma, you know, he, he takes them to, you know, a Big 12 championship. You know, he 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 understands that he needs to play and that's all that, that's all that he can take care of. He'll take care of his intangibles. He'll become a better player. You're not going to see the same Jalen that you saw last year. You're going to see a new and improved Jalen. He's gonna he's gonna be immensely improved because he he's going to take this game to so another level. Simply because he heard everybody saying this, he heard everybody saying that, he heard the predictions. He sees, you know, I'm trying to go out and use those three first round picks to get this guy, that guy, and this guy, and he's going to use that and internalize it and become a better player because of it. Do you? He think is he... wise, but he's wise, but you know beyond his age because he's you know this kid is only 23 years old yeah no, he's actually younger years. than Joe Burrow right that's crazy that he's been in league three this will be his third year and right now he should be just graduating college he should just now be drafting this should be his draft year so he has a lot of learning to do his body needs to develop his mind is going to develop he's going to you know technique you know he's going to be a lot more sounder in his technique and when he should do something, when he's not going to do something. I just hope he doesn't become that quarterback that Don was, I'm talking about McNabb, um, after his third or fourth year. Third or fourth year, he wanted to become more of a pocket pass because they said he couldn't do it. And he kind of hurt his game a little bit because he just wanted to stay in the pocket in spite of you know him using his ability to go out there and run and make plays after that.
1: Here's here Here's my only concern with Jalen because he is limited in reading protections right now or reading defenses right now. You know this in the second year. How many times have we seen coordinators catch up with quarterbacks and all of a sudden in the second year, when you're not elevating and you're not getting better and you're not being able to see progressions, they get a book on you, Barrett. And when they get that book on you and if you haven't elevated, hell, I use it in any sport, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons comes in, he's good his first two years. All of a sudden people get the book on him. This guy's a quitter, this and that. These coordinators do the same thing with these quarterbacks. He's really good at rolling right. Make him roll left. Get him off his point. He really can't see the third progression. He sees the first, one, two, the first two progressions, but he can't see the third one. He's not really good at pre-snap stuff. So they'll set up a defense for that particular um, deficiency or deficiencies that a quarterback will have. And we've seen it before. Watch. Guy looks great. All of a sudden, they get the book on you. And I thought that happened a little bit with Lamar Jackson. Lamar's first time, they had a book on him because he was limited. Came back the next year, the guy won the MVP. Came back the next year, they kind of had the book on him, and he didn't raise his game enough. Now you saw Josh Allen. First year, wasn't very good. Second year, he raised the bar because he got better. Kind of came back the other year. Then all of a sudden, he expanded because he had great coaching around him. Yep. Okay, so to me, this is going to come through coaching. It's going to come through, like you said, hard work. Uh, Does he want it? I think all of those small intangibles become large in the whole grand scheme of things here when it comes to his development. So the second year of him starting will be very important. But also, I think he learned a lesson watching what Wentz did. All the mistakes that Wentz made and how he handled the quarterback talk, how he sucks, he's regressing, he's not doing this. I think he's going to take a lot of those lessons that he learned at Alabama when he was benched. Yep. I think he's going to learn how Carson Wentz didn't handle it correctly. And because you said he's a coach's kid, he knows he's got to get better. Not so much on the field. But more so in the classroom.
2: Yeah, he's got to yeah. get
1: better on the chalkboard. Am I right? Yep. Am I off when I say this?
2: No, no, he has to get better. Than that he understands he has to get better. Than that you know, I see on the stream. You know, um, you know, Juan, you're right. You know, he is going to be around some quarterback gurus. He's got to get around that guy. Was it Palmer, Carson Palmer's brother? Yeah. And, and 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 hone his skills. You know, take you know wasted motion out of his techniques. You know, on the field. Uh, off the field, you know, getting in and understanding, you know, just looking. I would go and look at, you know, film on on, you know, all the top quarterbacks, you know, the past five years. You know, go out there and and, and look at a guy like Manning. You know, I'm saying what was Manning looking at? What was he seeing which have made him look and go to this direction? Look at Tom Brady. All right in the pre-snap. You no, know, what's is making him see where he needs to go with the ball and start seeing that, so he starts seeing exactly what's going on on the field. Maybe he can pick up a little, you know, idiosyncrasy here and there, and from all their games, you know. Like I said, I watch film all the time, and I didn't watch film, you know, in off season. I didn't necessarily watch film on the guys I was going to be playing against. I wasn't watching film on, 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 you know, me going against Mister White or me going against, you know, you know, Charles Haley or anything like that. What I did, I watched film on other offensive of tackles. I went back and watched old, old film on Anthony Munoz. I went to watch film on Tony Baselli. I watched film on Ruben Brown. I went back and watched film on Eric Williams, Mark Eight. I watched film on those guys, you know, just to see where their game was and what was making them better players. And from there, it allowed me to add a little bit of this. I, You know, I took a little bit of Eric Williams' headbutt, you know, so I started headbutting guys real fast. I took a little bit of Anthony Munoz's um, pass set and added it to my pass set. I took, you know, Ray Roberts, you know, played with Detroit for a long time. I took, you know, his, his jump sets, you know, and, and how he was able to jump set somebody, get separation, and keep him away from his body. You start adding that to your game, so you're always getting better. You're constantly getting better as a player. That's what he needs to do. You know, watch – film on guys that you, you know, that you want to emulate some part of their game and make you a better player.
1: I've done some more homework. Uh Okay. I've got the top NFL 30 free agents. And I got this from two executives and some people at Bletso. I'd like to run them off, run them through you here and see what you think of these guys. They're ranked one through 30 here. We'll do that next barrett brooks big sales in for harry mace keep it here on the middle
4: go for the midnight dares go for the memories go for the view it goes on forever go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink go to bed whenever you want or don't go for him go for her go for the wind
5: Disappears.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say... We got this. Call
6: 215-458-2222.
7: Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Three, one, two, because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
1: Nicholson for Harry Mays. Combine started, I believe, the 3rd of March in Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, they're they're just they're just getting in now. All the athletes are getting in. And they the first guys are on the field at of the offensive line, I think um running backs and uh um I think they start on Thursday. On the field stuff on Thursday. Would
1: you go around. to it?
2: Yes. I've been to um I was going to the combine up until um I started with NBC. Uh I, I did a lot of that with NFL films because I you know, since I played for half the daggone coaches in um, the NFL, they would send me up and I'd do um, coaching interviews. And um, when they would send me up, you know, I'd see guys interviewing for a minute, hey, you know, and I wouldn't ask them anything about, you know, what their draft picks or anything like that. But, you know, just, you know, just sitting back and just, you know, chopping it up with them. And, you know, and it it, it kind of blew um, NFL films away because I would get little pieces of nuggets, you know, indirectly – from just talking to him like one of the guys, you know, and that and you know, it got to Loosen a point him I five, up. yeah, I got to it got to a point for like five years, I would get, you know, just key stuff, you know, that would, you know, would help um, you know, help us with stories, but then it kind of pushed us in the direction of where that team was going. I remember I did Harbaugh and um John Harbaugh. And, you know, it just so happened that year I got both the Harbaugh brothers the year before they went to the Super Bowl in that year. And I asked them why, you know, what would happen if both those guys were in, you know, in, in the Super Bowl and they end up playing in the Super Bowl. So we took their answers that I had and, you know, made a little uh, uh, show out of it.
1: I like it. Made a little collage out of it. Yeah. Going yep. back and forth. I like it here. All right.
2: Before, you know, before they even knew they were going to go to the Super Bowl.
1: That was some Super Bowl, too. And for the record, if the power doesn't go out, I don't know. if Ka- Can you imagine if Kaepernick would have won that Super Bowl? And what the difference would have been in his history if he wins that Super Bowl. That power don't go out against the Ravens. Oh I don't know, man. They exactly. I thought they were in control. Yep, yep. And
2: and when you look at that, you know what I'm saying? that's a lot to say of what how his whole outcome of his season and 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 how his life would have been changed, you know, if he was a Super Bowl champion that took a knee. Absolutely. You know?
1: <laughs> right. It would have been a whole different world here. Okay. Yeah. Barrett, I put the top thirty NFL free agents. Um and I asked a bunch of general managers and I talked to some of the people at Bledsoe, the people that put on actually the scouting camp. And this is how they're looking at the free agents here. I'm going to go from one through um, through 30 here. Devontae Adams, wide receiver, Packers, um, probably something that we're not going to see. We're um, definitely not
2: going to see it.
1: Not going to see the Eagles look at this for, for numerous reasons because da- Devontae's is not going to go any one of these top wide receivers. Do we agree, Barrett? They're not coming to Philadelphia because they don't trust Jalen can get them the ball. Yep.
2: Right. That's it in a nutshell.
1: Number Um, two, Teron Armstead tackle Saints. What do you make of him?
2: I thought he's been a good player. He's been a perennial uh, pro bowler uh, the past four or five years. Um, He's a great pass blocker and he's okay at running. A, a run blocker, but he's had some issues all last year. He was in and out of the lineup. You know, in fact, he didn't play a, a lot last year was really hurt that, um that, that saints team. So I think his injuries is, are, are a big factor on what a team is going to do to sign him going forward. You think Cincinnati would look
1: at a guy like this?
2: Absolutely. They would, you know, I me, mean, him being there solidifies the left tackle position and he can play there for a long time. He's just got to stay healthy. But he's worth the risk of going out and signing a guy. You, you you rarely get right a, 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 a perennial Pro Bowl left tackle, hit the free agent market. You know, usually it's a sign, you sign him to a long-term deal or or you trade him. But yeah, his his, his contract's gonna be up there.
1: Number three is Chris Godwin, wide receiver, Buccaneers. Um, you think again, here's a guy that. Even with Jameis Winston, you know, people forget that seven to nine season with Jameis Winston. He did throw for 5,000 yards that year, right? I know he had 30 picks. <laughs> hey, there's the original 30 for 30 there 30 touchdowns, right. 30 <laughs> interceptions, right? Okay, but here's another guy. I mean, I know people keep telling me, Hey, man, I'd love to have him with the Philadelphia Eagles, man. But again, these top flight wide receivers that are going to command big money in the open market are not going to go to a place. I mean, look, look like I said, look at look at Cooper Cup with a Super Bowl quarterback's arm. Guy put up legendary numbers. Godwin and Adams see that. They're not going to go someplace with a project or somebody that can't get them the ball.
2: Well, he has the unique skill set that he does everything good. You know, he, he's he's a good route runner, he has good hands. Um, he could stretch the field. Uh, he he's pretty good against contested balls. He does a lot of the little things very, very good. He's good speed. But I don't know if he's one of the elite-level receivers uh, in free agency. I don't know if he has, he's not hit that elite level. But he is a very, very good receiver in free agency right now.
1: This may be high, but, you know, I thought Von Miller, number four, edge rusher, Rams, how much money do you think a guy like this would cost the Eagles?
2: He's going to want Super Bowl winning numbers type of money.
1: But he's his age helps yeah. other teams keep that salary down.
2: Yes, but he's the perfect. So you think guy. he's chasing?
1: You think he's going to chase a bag of money and not really? Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so he's looking for the money. Um, I think that he. Is perfect for what they're you know what they've been doing the past couple of years. Getting these older players who they think have just enough left in to come in and be an impact type of player in the defense. They're looking at guy, they're looking for guys like him, Chandler Jones type of guys. Um, you know he'll fit perfectly into that veteran presence that just won a Super Bowl. Just like you know, just like they had with um, Chris Long, just won a Super Bowl, but come in and, and be. An impact player on third down. and just gonna ask him play on third down. He would be that guy for
1: them. Number five, you mentioned him, Chandler Jones, Ed Rusher, Cardinals, hundred sack guy. He's been, in my opinion, one of the best sack guys hidden yep. out on the West Coast in the NFL that people really have slept on. I mean, he's a hundred sack guy. I mean, that usually gets you in a conversation for potential Hall of Fame stuff. I mean. Uh, does he have – he had 10 and a half sacks, and I, as I told you, he had five against the Titans, so that number's a little skewed. I know he was banged up a little bit this year. Is that a little too pricey right there? Because he's going to command yes. at least $17, $18 million if you're going to try to bring him in. Am I off base when I say that?
2: No, you're absolutely right, which kind of puts him out of the price range for the Eagles. Eagles want a deal, and he was not necessarily a deal that they could really – um afford to go out there and, and they'd
1: rather it. go into draft right and play on a rookie contract yes
2: right? exactly and you know but even though he fits exactly what you know what they're looking for a veteran guy to come in just play on third down that's just too much for him to be paid to just be a third down guy because i'm gonna tell you the truth he sucks against the run he does you know, he's like velcro yeah no, you, know, you can run him over yeah
1: <laughs> you can i've seen i you're right i that's how you stop a really great pass rusher. You beat him up for a quarter and a half. Yep. Put your and hands got on. Nothing him. to get around that hula hoop in the fourth quarter. Yep. Yep. That's how you beat him up. Okay. Here's something. Here's somebody that's interesting. Number six, J.C. Jackson, cornerback, Patriots. It's a need too for the Eagles. Do you go in free agency here? Too pricey, or do you go into the draft? I've got the Eagles taking a corner. However, that would change. If they addressed it in free agency here coming up in a couple weeks, JC Jackson. Plus, he's been coached by Belichick. He too pricey? He's gonna be a little
2: pricey, but I believe that they would spend money still on him because he's 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 kind of young. You know, yeah. he's not he's not an yeah, older no. player. He's young. And they flip flop DBs all the time, um, with uh with the Patriots, you know. They got, you know, they got chung for a little while. They just sent you know a guy up there and uh, Jalen Mills, you know they go back and forth with DBs all the time. You know Sante Samuels, you know came from 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 there. So I, I that's hey something. they moved
1: off for of Revis when Revis was in his prime. They, they right. were not going to give him a contract.
2: Yep. So he's you know he's somebody that I think they would definitely entertain. He's probably one of the the top free agent corners in this um, in this, um free agency. I think that's somebody they could they would spend money on him the opposite of uh, a a big play slay, that's a good pick for them if they were to go out there and and facilitate that deal.
1: Here's a guy that I do think that they're going to eyeball also. Marcus Williams, safety saints. It's another need back there in the secondary. And he's sitting at seven. They're going to have 30 million in cab space. This guy's got some ball in him, and he's a good football player. He's got the age there that you're looking for. You know, he's in the high 20s. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, safeties to me, it's a tough, it's a tough putt because these guys, they play the linebacker position, they play, they set your defense. They're so important, and yet they're so underappreciated. Um, What what would you think how we would look at him with Marcus Williams?
2: Because they've dealt with a safety from the Saints before, they see some familiarity. He just played with you know with with you know with with um you know alongside of you know Lattimore, no, I'm talking about the safety, uh, Malcolm Jenkins. He just played with Malcolm. Yep, yep. So he and Malcolm have a great chemistry together, and you know just you know from hearing what Malcolm says about um you know playing in Philadelphia and being in Philadelphia and and the mere fact you know he can't come in and be that Malcolm Jenkins type of player. I think they would spend a little money on him also.
1: This What I did in the draft, I said the Chargers are going to take a wide receiver, um, the kid Wilson from Ohio State, because here at number eight, Mike Williams, wide out Chargers. The Spanos is – I don't know, Barrett, if you had any, um, you know, experience dealing with them, but they're very cheap. And, <laughs> they are, I mean – Joey Bosa sat out his first year, first four games, because they were bitching over $300,000 in his contract. I mean, what? Yeah. They just don't spend dough. Um, when it comes to any position outside of the quarterback, they don't spend a lot of money. Plus they have Keenan Allen on the other side. Tom Telesco knows to keep that budget down. So, I mean, do they franchise him? That means it's like a big number for that salary cap. So, does he get on the open market? What's your take on Mike Williams?
2: He's gonna get on the open market. I don't believe they're gonna give him the money. I don't he either. Deserves. He's gonna be looking, he's gonna be looking for like what 18 mil, 17 20 million. 20 million. He's gonna 20 want 20 million. million. So you know, you is think the Eagles
1: pay 20 million for a receiver?
2: Hell no. <laughs> I don't see anybody paying that for Mike Williams either. I don't either. You know, I, I see him as a, a a a really, really good number two receiver. Now, is that worth 20 million dollars. No, no. no, I can way. see paying him 15, but not 20 million dollars. He is not a 20 million dollar impact player that you could throw the ball up to, and he's going to come out there and, and 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 Debo somebody to take it. He had a great his last game is, is the game that people are going to be looking at. The, the, what's going to stick out in their mind that he went out there and almost willed that win by himself, but I he didn't play like that all year you know what I mean and that's the only thing he played well against the Eagles though so you know it's a possibility but I, I can't see him as a guy that they're going to go out and pay 20 million dollars in. they'll give him 15 16 but not 20
1: number 9 is Allen Robinson wide receiver bears now look at who he had I mean, Justin Fields um Mitchell Trubisky whatever you think of Mitchell um what, what what's the other guy Andy Dalton and Nick <laughs> Foles and, I mean he I get really,
2: it. I get it. I get it.
1: <laughs> okay. But his talent, according to scouts, say that, you know, you put him, like, say, on a Rams team. This guy's a 12, 1,300 yard guy if he's got the other guy feeding him the rock. So, I mean, then again, this doesn't, this guy to me doesn't fit the Philly uh, profile because Jalen struggles still. I'm, I don't know if you're going to go into the open market. People keep saying that the Eagles need to go out and get it a wide receiver and free agency. Why? You're not building your team that way. Yep. You're building your team to run the ball. You're not building it to throw the ball. And whatever you think you're doing, Barrett, on wanting to look like a prolific passing team, you don't have the guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> and why would you go get Allen Robinson for $13 million?
2: I think that they will do that. I think they will get that. Allen Robinson fits their mold of uh, an explosive guy that he'll everybody, like, all right, look at us. See, we told you so. Allen Robinson is a guy, you know, nobody really expected him to be as good as he is. He's never had a quarterback. I mean, when I say he's never had a, he's never had a good quarterback be throwing to him, not when he was with, uh, um, you know, down at Jacksonville, nor has he had a good quarterback throwing to him while he was with the Bears. So he's really untapped. We don't know how good of a player he could be until he gets to an elite level quarterback, Jalen is not that. But I think that, you know, he's going to try to, you know, be that guy. You know, and you I think, think they're building
1: that. this team for someone else.
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Do I want him to? No. Am I throwing shade at, at, at Jalen? No. But I do know the front office and I know the owner, and he wants a Tom brady X type of offense. That's what he was. Because wants. when I
1: look at Cleveland, if I was Aaron Rodgers, there's one place to go and win games. With all that talent offensively, dude, if I was a quarterback in this league, I know Cleveland, okay? Cleveland, I get it. But dude, Chubb, Hunt, uh, Jarvis Landry, I mean, the tight end, the defense on the other side. Those tight ends. They got tight two ends. tight ends. That, yeah. That's a ready-for-made Championship football. I think that roster is as good as the Rams, if not better. Cleveland. There's no
2: question about that. They just lack the quarterback to wield that team.
1: Absolutely. They have everything you need. The
2: the offensive line is good.
1: Like if I'm and Russell Wilson, I look at Cleveland and go, man, I go in there and win I win a Super Bowl with that roster. Yep. I would win a Super Bowl. Here, here's a guy at number 10. I'm I'm curious to get your um impression on because I don't think he played very well last year. And I think this team gave up a boatload for him. Number ten is Orlando Brown, tackle Chiefs. I just didn't think he really played that hot last year. maybe it's a new system. It's Andy Reid. I don't know, but he did, that did not look like Orlando Brown, Ravens. Orlando Brown. It was a different guy. Or maybe I'm not seeing something here.
2: I, I'm just be honest, and I'm just my honest evaluation. I don't I don't see him as a guy. He doesn't finish. He stops the initial rush slows him down. But then after that, he slows down. He doesn't finish the play. I don't see any finish. So you get him on the
1: second move?
2: Oh, no question about that. You're going to get him on, on the second move and because he's going to, he's going to play lax. He might get out there real fast, start the block, but he's not going to finish the block. He, He rarely, to me, I saw, I watched a lot of tape on him. He's not, he's just so big. That's what made him imposing to people but it's not like he was a finisher. I mean, you know, they, defensive ends weren't getting out of a hot, you know, getting in a cold whirlpool after they play him. They're ready to go out and party after they play him because he never finished them. He never he never beat him up. So, you know, it's like, you know, all right, I'm, I'm ready to go out and practice after playing against a guy like him. And when you play against a guy that big, you should feel it, you know, saying right after the game, you should feel it in the morning. You should feel like you were in a street fight after you play a guy as big as him. I, and I don't see that. I didn't see them, you know – anybody really, him dominating anybody, you know, throughout the season. He was okay.
1: Do you you agree, Barrett, that the truly spectacular pass rushers, it's the second move that always worries you because how many times have you played against a guy? And this was my issue. When I see in college, you do a swim or you do a rip or you do a bat or you do a crosshand chop spin. You're going to beat these guys. Yep. But what I found out in the NFL, your feet and these offensive linemen in the NFL are so freaking good, and you guys are so imposingly big and athletic that, man, you can – you can, say you bull rush. Okay, well, a bull rush to people, that's a win for him unless I can make a second move. Yep. If I don't make that second move off you, you win that, you get the plus, I get the minus. Even if I may push the pocket back – now. If you get a Vince Wolferk and he's breaking and collapsing the pocket on a bull rush, he's going to get the plus on you because the pocket the quarterback couldn't step up. But don't you agree that those great ones, like Reggie, like you said, if Reggie on the hump, if you kind of settled on him, he'd take that thing out and he's over the top on you yep. or he's hooking you and flipping you. Yep. It, Bruce Smith had a second move. That's the difference, isn't it?
2: That second move, you got to be ready for that first initial move, they know guys in the league are, are good enough to stop the first initial move. Like speed the bull or you know, chop your hand spin, you know. It's that second and third move that 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 makes you elite. And that's what that that's what hurts Orlando Brown because he's not gonna fish. he's gonna slow down. If you show any type of slowing down, he's slowing down faster than you're slowing down. And I don't understand why you wanna you know why you don't want to just beat the guy up you know i wanted to make sure that the guy that i played against i wanted to make him quit you know during this game i want to say man i'm i'm tired of battling this guy i'm tired of fighting with this guy every single play it was a street fight every single play with him it wasn't a street fight you know he he if you beat him after if you beat him on his first move then you're getting to the quarterback because he didn't he didn't finish plays man he's just not a finisher
1: I thought that's what I thought made Jason Peters so great. I thought he oh. was, he was just he he was a guy that wanted to beat you up. He had yep. great feet, length in his arms too. Personally, A. Barrett. I don't know if people may outside of Philly not know this, but I think he's a Hall of Famer.
2: This, he's absolutely gonna get. A player, I, I, I
1: think he's a Hall of Fame player because when you watch the way he played the tackle position and how he moved his hands and how he would like. How he set guys up too, and his sets, and keeping his feet moving constantly for a big dude. Dude, they called his ass out of retirement. I saw him playing against the, with the Bears. I was like, "Holy shit, this guy could still play, man!" I mean, Bro, I thought he was finished. Jason
2: Peters was the best, not just left tackle, but he was the best offensive lineman for like a five-year stretch. You know what I'm saying? He he was a hall of he still is a hall of fame candidate. He's probably a first ballot guy. That's how good. Jason Peters is Jason Peters. Man, I, I, I've seen him lock I, I've seen him make guys quit. Guys come off the ball, and, and you, you know, when they come off the ball, they just yeah, start they, looking, they, they lay on you, yeah, <laughs> they start looking instead of pass rushing. He made guys do that more times than not, too. That's when you know you got a guy, you ain't worried about it because they're not, you know, you try to block them, and they just stop, you know, looking Waving. around see where the ball, yeah, <laughs> where's the ball at, yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you, hey, you're over the sideline. Hey, can somebody come in for me right (laughs) now? All right, look, I I stopped at 10. We'll pick it up after the top of the hour here. We got a bunch. And I think as we move closer down, I think some of these guys may fit some of the needs that we're talking about for the Eagles. He's Barrett Brooks. I'm Dan Cillio in for Harry Mays. Back in three. Keep it here on the middle.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by.
7: Granger, for the ones who get it done.
4: Go for the midnight dares, go for the memories, go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him, go for her, go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
5: At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
6: Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free?
5: That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of stateside vodka. So good, it just Disappears.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker, Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222.
7: Field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you Seven, two, three. One, two, three. because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
1: Welcome back to the medal. Pitch fills in for Harry Mays, Paris Brooks. We're going over the top 30 NFL free agents. There's some news coming around the corner here on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He hasn't made a decision yet whether or not he's going to play in 2022, but it looks like the Packers are going to offer Aaron Rodgers a short-term contract. Get this, Barrett, $100 million over two years. <laughs> $50
2: million a year. He said that's what he wanted. Why wouldn't you, though? Know? As the Packers understand, you know, he, you you can't find a guy like him just walking around the street.
1: Would we yeah. agree that he is the most talented player to play that position to ever really play the position? I'm not saying yes. he's the best quarterback. Okay. I'm talking Brady's more accomplished and Peyton Manning. And I, I, I get that. But when you talk about a guy who throws the ball 44 touchdowns to three interceptions, and he does, you, Barrett, I said this to you a couple weeks ago. This guy's got over 450 touchdowns, and he hasn't thrown 100 picks in his 17-year career.
2: That is that's absolutely crazy. His 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 arm talent is unbelievable. Um, what he sees and how he's able to diagnose and where he puts the ball, you know, in Devonte Adams' hands, people don't understand how good he is. Like the windows that he throws at are are like this big. And as a, as a receiver, you got to be ready because he's going to put it on you and he's going to put it in the area that you need to be and keep you in stride for you to make a great catch. His chemistry with Devontae Adams, you know, I mean, it's so tough on a wide receiver, I mean, on the, on the defensive back to cover a guy like Devontae Adams when you have a quarterback back there that, that is reading things simultaneously as the receiver see he sees what the receiver is seeing, so he's able to throw a guy open uh, by back shoulder throws, maybe leading them, bringing them back, you know, toward you know on the route, you know, making them come back for the route, maybe under throwing in situation. His situational football prowess is unbelievable, man. On how he gets the ball, where he gets it, and you know, allowing his guys to not only catch it, but be great, be great after they catch it. I mean, his give him touch a is to insane. I mean, his it's, touch
1: is crazy. The touch is insane. The way he throws over, if he has to throw a big pass down the field, I mean, he just knows when to use his arm. Yep. And a lot of a lot of players just don't. All right, we're are going over the top thirty NFL free agent. and in the last hour, Devontae Adams number one, Teron Armstead number two, Chris Godwin number three, Von Miller number four, Chandler Jones number five, J.C. Jackson number six. Marcus Williams, safety saints, number seven. Mike Williams, receiver, chargers. Nine was Allen Robinson, Bears wideout, number nine. Number 10 was Orlando Brown, tackle chiefs. Here's number 11 for you, Barrett. And Jesse Bates, another guy, safety, Bengals. Another position. We're starting to get down now to where feasibly, financially, and there's a need, and we're now talking about a player Who's in his late twenties? That just like the Darius Slay, when they got him from Detroit, he's kind of in that conversation there. So Jesse Bates, Bengals just got off a Super Bowl run too. He's
2: he's interesting because he still hasn't played up to his to the talent that he really has. He's still learning the game, and he got a, you know he got a, a full indoctrination into how good he could be this year. This year, he turned the corner on. Okay, he's one of the better safeties in the league. He realized that now it's time for him to start playing up to the potential that, you know, the buyers that are going to come by, you know, buy him as a contract, will now see that they're getting bang for the buck. Right now, he's one of those guys you'll get bang for the buck if you pay him off. What you saw this year. You're going to get a deal because he's going to be even better next year because now he understands what type of player he could be and going to play up to those expectations. That's the way I look at Jesse Bates. You know, that's what I see in him as far as what they do going forward.
1: This is interesting here, this number 12 top-rated NFL free agent because it kind of collides with what's going on in the Philadelphia offensive line now. Let's say Jason Kelsey calls it a career. Number 12 is Ryan Jensen, all-pro and pro bowl center for the, the Buccaneers. Will tell you. The stream will tell you.
2: That's one of my favorite players to watch. One of my favorite players is Ryan Jensen. The only reason why he's on this list right now that you just comprised is because of his quarterback retired. If his quarterback did not retire, if 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 Tom Brady was still there, he would have an extension right now, as we speak. If Tom said I'm playing one more year, Ryan would have gotten an extension over the next four. Or he five would have given years.
1: him hometown cooking
2: and let no, him wanted to come back. No question about it. He would have made sure that he gave him everything that he wanted, and as far as you know, a, a, a put him in a position to get a long term, big time. Because he's one of the best centers in the league. And I'm not talking about guys that can pull, you know, the most athletic. I'm not talking about athletic. I'm talking about one of the best centers in the league because he understands what it is to be an offensive lineman. Down, dirty, unsung hero. You got to, you know, kick ass every single play. Um, He's going to finish every single play. You're not hitting his quarterback because he's going to fight you. He might kill you, you you know, he might kill the guy that, that, you know, he's going against to keep his quarterback from getting hit. I mean, that's the type of dude he is, bro. I love the way he plays.
1: How about this? What do you think is the most important position in the offensive line as a group? Center or left tackle?
2: That's tough because it really depends on...
1: Because your center, to everyone out there, the center usually makes all the line calls if it's odd or even. Yep. 34-43, um, audibles too, checks and all that stuff. He's like your quarterback in your old line for all you dudes on setting protection, slides, cut, scoop, all that stuff.
2: He tells the quarterback what, you know, he tells the offensive line what the call
1: is, what they sliding
2: to. Um, you know, who, he tells the running backs who they block. He tells the quarterback who's the hot man, who 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 he's responsible for. If he comes, he got to throw the ball away. He sets the protection for the offensive line, letting them know whether they're sliding, whether they're man, you know, all of that the center has to do.
1: If you don't have that position, in my opinion, the lines that I've watched and played against, when you don't have that center position covered, you don't really have a solid old line. I mean, no. left tackles get paid the most. I understand that. But that position, Barrett, every time I mean the Eagles have one of the most dominant offensive lines. And to me, it's not because of Jordan Mulata, it's because of uh, Jason Kelsey has been a staple in that line. And when you have somebody in there, stepnosky Bruce Matthews, or when you have some of those guys that are in that position where you got a really great uh, center, man, that just, that just puts that whole unit together. And to me, I get the left tackle, blindside, quarterback. I, I get the whole thing. But to me, man, that center position to me has to be solidified if I'm going to consider myself a good unit.
2: It is different here in Philly because – He's the spark. He's the cog that gets not just the offensive line, not just the offensive side of the ball, not just the defense, but the whole, the whole unit as, as 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 front office. Um, you know, people drafted. He sets the tone for the entire state of who the Eagles are. You know, his is his, it. His Jensen speech,
1: got that makeup too, though.
2: Same thing, same exact thing. But he does it. He does it without speaking. You know what I'm saying? He's a quiet version. Kelsey, when he talks, people listen. Kelsey is by far, right now, the number one eagle in that organization.
1: You the think he has a guy. lot of you think he has a lot of say?
2: No, I think that if he did say, they would listen. He doesn't have a lot of say, but if he was to come to them and say, they would listen to him. You know, it's the difference between you know being a guy that they come to and ask, you know, are you he's not that guy. They're not gonna ask you. Kelsey,
1: would Kelsey go to the coach? Yes, or would he he go to Howie? Both. He would go to the owner. Because he wants to respect, he wants to respect the coach, because he wants to keep everybody in the loop. Because some guys, look in Dallas, and I ask you that, it sounds like a normal question. It sounds like a stupid question. In Dallas, I'm not going to the head coach. I'm going to Jerry. Right, and I think that's always been the disconnect in Dallas. Yep. Has always been that. All right, so number 13, and believe me, when I saw this name, I was like, man, I don't know. Jadavian Clowney, Edge, Browns. I mean, I can't see. After that shot on Wentz, I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know if they would look at something like that. He's not Not going to get. a snowball's chance in hell. Let's roll off that guy. Here's your (laughs) guy. Here's a guy you like at 14. What about Randy Gregory, Edge, Cowboys?
2: Perfect fit. The only thing with him is the offseason stuff. Um, off the field stuff. Not off-season, but off the field stuff. Decision-making. Yeah. Can he keep his nose clean? Can he, can he be Literally. the model? Literally. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> can he be the model player off the field? Because he's everything you want on the field. He's going to be a high-ticket, big-dollar guy. He's probably gonna make right around $13 million a year. If he if he plays this right, he's probably gonna get like $13, $14 million a year. Um Man. an excellent explosive guy. He also has some some um issues as far as staying on the field with health. Although he was good this year, with the exception of, you know, when he went through a COVID, he was healthy for the most part, but he's just so damn explosive to getting around the corner. He he makes things happen. You know, you talk about all the time, you know, can you can you, you know, you know, dictate tempo in a game by rushing the quarterback? Can you be that difference maker? Randy Gregor can be that
1: difference maker. And what I love about it, too, and, you know, you always hear people in particular fan bases, Boston, Chicago, oh, he's a cowboy. Well, if you can weaken your rival by bringing a guy like that in, you're looking at it wrong, man. Weaken your rival, get him off that team, Put them on your team. You're, you're, it's a double hit. Yep. You weaken them, right, and you get them. I mean, don't look at it like that. If I could get players that are quality guys and take them off the Dallas Cowboys and put them on the Eagles and help my pass rush go from 31 to say 15 or 13, that's a win all night long. You've weakened everybody.
2: Yep, exactly. You know that's why I said you know a free agency. Go pick from Dallas's team. They yeah. should have won the, they should have won a Super Bowl with the amount of talent that they have but since they didn't go pick a couple of their branches you know what I'm saying and you can grow trees from from what they got on that side of the ball
1: oh absolutely and, and uh, they're going to have guys available there's a lot of guys actually coming up with the Cowboys here's an interesting guy too the Patriots passed on giving him a contract do you know Barrett I think in either 2019 or 20 that Stephon Gilmore was a defensive player of the year in the National Football League. And he went to the Panthers. Their front got banged up. Their linebacking core after Kickley retired was never the same. And they got out to that 3 and one start, and everything just fell apart, especially McCaffrey gets injured. The defense was on the field a lot. Stephon Gilmore was a defensive player of the year like four years ago. He's like in his early 30s. I mean, I don't know cornerback. You put Stefan Gilmore on the other side of Darius Slay. You could play that soft ass coverage then if you got right. them two dudes <laughs> back there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're going to play the kind of scheme that Jonathan Gannon wants to play, you need talented corners.
2: Yep, guys if that you're can play in front of. Them, yep.
1: What do you make of him?
2: I, he's a he's a, I think that he's a um a zone corner. Kind of like Asante Samuel, So, I mean, he's going to, you know, he's going to guess a lot. He's, he guesses right for the most part. He can run with the receivers, but I think he's more so a guy that, that, um, you can leave him over there and not worry about him. No matter what you're doing, he can play within the system. He has enough, uh, innate ability, you know, as far as decision making to, 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 jump routes if he sees something going on. Like if he was playing, Stefan Gilmore, he was playing and, he was going against Tom Brady and he saw how far he was playing back. And, you know, the covers just didn't fit with, with, you know, with the, what the defense was trying to do, it did, didn't fit with the officers trying to, you know, combat against them. He would make that adjustment on his own yep. and go to, and you need corners like that. I wish Slay would have done the same thing. You know, you see that, you know, you're playing too far off and, you know, you've been coached to do that. Sometimes you got to say, all right, I got to be a player. The coach is not out here.
1: That's trust, though, too. Absolutely. but I think he's done enough in the league that he yeah. can do that. Oh, he's he's built equity up where, if like you said, now, nah, man, I, I, I got to move up on this because I think it's an in route. I'm not going to yep. play back four extra yards. I'm going to kind of – or how about this? He sees something in the O-line or he sees something in the backfield. He may cheat the hash and slide over to the hash. It's not exactly the defense that's called. You know, I think that's a little bit on what Dan Quinn did in Dallas this past year that he yep. allowed Diggs to do. That That's exactly you, what he let him hey, do. Hey, if you see something in the, in, in, in the backfield or you see something in sets or in the O-line or in splits, cheat over a little bit, man. It's all good. Just make sure you're communicating with the safety so that he got steep third and he knows to get your ass if you're going to do it. It's all that communicating back there, like you said, because, I mean, Barrett, keys are – they? I mean, people think you follow the ball. You follow your keys and you're yep. looking – Look at the line splits. Is it brown? Is it strong side? Is it weak side backfield sets? Um, is it going to be no backs, which means, okay, I'm going to maybe get back a little deeper. I'm going to go deep third a little bit. A lot of that plays into it, but that comes with experience, doesn't it? Keys Keys take you to the ball.
2: The right. ball never takes you where it's really going. I've it's going to be One
1: of my favorite lines. Okay, you know, number 16. You tell me who this guy is here. Brandon Sheriff, guard, Washington. Really what kind good of player? guard.
2: Really good guard, physical player, was a first round draft choice. I'm really not understanding why they're letting Brandon, uh, let Brandon Schiff walk like that. He's been their top office lineman since, uh, Williams left, since Trent Williams left. In fact, they were the best, you know, he was the best, um, guard that they've had in a long time. Um, He's consistent dealing with a little bit of, um, health issues, uh, the past couple of past couple of, you know, years, but when he's in there rock solid, definitely somebody, you know, that, that I don't think the Eagles need him, Um, because they have younger guys to replace them, but you know, he's, he's a reliable guy. Cincinnati. Perfect for Cincinnati. Perfect. Um, he is a dominant force in the run game. He is a, you know, good, really, really good pass blocker. He's one of, another one of those guys. You just plug him, plug him and play. You won't have to worry about him. Wherever he's at, that position on the offensive line is done. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Call what you want to call. He'll be set.
1: Number 17, this is an interesting one because, again, this is now starting to fall in line now with what's going on in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes' contract. But Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, safety, Chiefs. Um, Kansas City's not going to be able to afford him. Nope. Restructuring of the contract is going to have to come down, Patrick Mahomes. You're paying, you're paying Chris Jones $22 million this coming season. You got numerous dudes that you have to resign. Kelsey and Hill's deals are starting to come up, and they're going to address those deals. Um, you've got to go back in the O line again because, like I said, I think you and I both agree. Orlando Brown, I don't know. Okay, in that line, they need to continually improve that offensive line. You're paying a guy five hundred million dollars. I'm not going to have a two dollar O line, right? <laughs> I gotta have. I've got to pay top dollar for these dudes to come into Kansas City. Would this be somebody... Can you imagine... Get this. Can you imagine having Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, Darius Slay, you end up getting this kid that I said, this This Devin Lloyd, you get him in the draft, and you got the Honey Badger back there. I mean, you're starting to sound like a defense to me a little bit.
2: Well, no, no, no. It sounds like a defense a lot. The only thing about him... There's two things you got to worry about when it comes to Honey Badger. Number one, he's not the biggest guy in the world, and he plays physical. So sometimes, you know – He's going to miss games. Yeah, you know, his body's going to, you know, not be up to par with the physicality that he plays with. So he's going to get hurt a little bit. But when he's out there, he's out there. Number two, he's so instinctive. Watch a lot of film, prepares for games, which allows him the autonomy to really – jump things and 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 read things that may not be there, but he's gonna try to will it to make it happen. And nine times out of ten, he's gonna guess right. But sometimes you get caught um peeking in the backfield or doing something crazy and it may look like a bonehead excuse, but he was reading a tendency as opposed to oh. just reading the play. So you're gonna get caught every once in a while, you know, with his pants down. But nine times out of 10, he's going to make that play that he was so initially going So he's like Junior Seau.
1: Junior Seau read tendencies. All the time. It wasn't technique. Rodney Harrison used to tell me all the time that Junior Seau, man, just read tendencies. And he would break a defensive system down or a scheme down. And here, here's what made him so great. <laughs> He'd get completely blocked. He's completely out of the play. Run 25 yards and make the play and make it all up. And everyone's like, well... The crap! You know <laughs> I gotta sit here and I gotta tolerate it, but he would break that down, and it's frustrating when you got a guy like that. Sometimes,
2: well, you know, that's saw sometimes I was talking to Roddy too. Roddy said one time he's got um he's he's got center field, and on the play, Junior saw something that nobody else saw, so he'd be like this. He way back, hey, hey, I, you know, so, you know, so you know, at the point he's the point of attack. He's like. No, bro. You have to. You got this gap over here. Where are you going? And he's oh no, I you know what I'm saying. So now Rodney has to come down and play that gap and play in the middle of the field. And there goes Junior. Runs the gap instead of sitting sitting back. And he may run into a gap that somebody else has the gap. But he might nine times ten he'll go make the play. But sometimes he ran into a gap he wasn't supposed to be there and leaves a a wide open hole that the running back is about to run through. And who has to you know cover for him? Rodney Harris. So yep, <laughs> that, that's what happens sometimes, you know, same thing exactly. make you laugh, make you cry. You know, that's, that's right. That's, only
1: there. that's right. Here's number 18. I think this guy's going to get a lot of run. Carlton Davis, cornerback, Buccaneers could be somebody that the um, Eagles look at here because he's in the 18 hole. I think there's going to be a big market for him. He's had tremendous success. The last two years played in the Todd Bowles system, put, Carlton Davis on the other side of Slay. How's that sound?
2: A really consistent player too, man. Um, he grew a little bit this year. He grew a little bit this year. You know, became you know pretty good for him. Um, he's going to command a little money though. You okay. Know, I, I don't know if they'll necessarily. Would look you at spend?
1: Him. Hey, would you take a gamble in the draft, or would you go at a guy like this that had NFL? See to me, Barrett. I I don't. I think it's a no brainer,
4: dude. It I know this.
1: Wait, you know what to me. These NFL picks are like lottery tickets. These free agents are like coins of gold. I know yep. what their value is. Yep. Okay. And to me, do you want to take a gamble on lottery tickets? Or do you want a handful of gold? Yep. You know what the value is and what you're getting.
2: And that's it. You know what you're getting. You know what you ask him to do. He's going to do it you know what the results could be, you know, more concretely in NFL type of situation, as opposed to college, you know, where he's playing against guys that probably he's better than, you know, so, you know, he's not using all his capabilities while he's doing it. But it's almost like, you know, it's almost like Christmas. You know, you open up a gift, you don't know what the hell it is, you know, and it might be exactly what you wanted, and it'd be the best thing to sliced bread. That's what you get with, you know, sometimes with, with draft picks. But if you have a gift that you told everybody this is what you want, and you get that gift, sometimes you're happier with that gift you already knew you were going to get, as opposed to the gift that you may surprise you. But like we said, same thing, make you laugh, make you cry.
1: That's right. And But I'll tell you what, the handful of gold is safer. Right. I'm building my team, too. <laughs> here, th- This is interesting here because people go like this, well, OBJ at 19. Now he has an MCL injury, too, so it'll probably be midway part of the season. And I throw this at you here because – you know, people go like this, Dan, he's going to stay in Los Angeles. I'm like, on league minimum salary? They're like, no, they're going to pay him top down. No, they ain't. It don't work like that. You ain't paying a number three because Woods is coming back. Yep. He's going to be your three dude in Los Angeles, which means this. He ain't getting $15 million from the Rams. He may get $12, 13000000 on the open market with someone else. Yep. But the Rams aren't going to go like this. Well, I'm going to pay Cup. And I'm going to pay Woods. And then I'm going to pay the third dude in the hole, 15 million bucks. That's not going to happen. So he's either going to play on a league minimum contract or a hometown discount in Los Angeles, knowing because it is L.A. and it's OBJ and he probably can make money off the field and it's good for his brand. However, Barrett, he's got the rock now. He could be like Von Miller. I say he goes and chases a bag of gold somewhere. And I don't think he cares who the quarterback is. Would that be somebody Philly would look at? I think so.
2: See, me too.
1: Why would you're going to get him? You're going to get a top flight guy, okay? And by the way, I I thought he was a good teammate in Cleveland. I didn't think he was a good teammate everywhere he went. I don't think he. I don't think he's the trouble that the media makes him out to be. I thought hell, he went to Los Angeles, and it just showed you like Cup did. He had a single. He had a guy get him the ball. He had five touchdowns in six games. I mean, <laughs> to me, I think you could get a bargain because the guy's banged up a little bit. Now he's had injury history the last couple of years here. But see, get this. If I sign you for $8 bucks and I bring you into Philly, two-year deal, I don't know. Is that really that much of a gamble for a, for a guy who could be a number one dude? He would be a number one dude. And
2: it, regardless of what they're right, talking, he'd be
1: better is. than Devonte coming in here now.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. You have to you have to account for where he is. He's that much of a big play threat that he can go out there and be a problem for defenses. So you'll have to roll the coverage to him. You can't have him one on one against somebody. He's still dynamic as a as a as a route runner and a guy that can open up your offense when you bring him in. Then that takes a lot of the strain off Smith. It may allow Smith now to go out there. And play a lot more um, you know, free and 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 calm and collected because he didn't have to worry about being that number one guy in the offense.
1: I want to make sure that we get to these next 10 guys. So let's take a time out here because these next 10 guys, I think you're gonna like pretty much 80% of these guys. And you know, again, draft choices, lottery tickets versus a pot of gold. I don't know here, man. So let's do this. We'll take a timeout. Back in three. Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilieo in for Harry Mace. Keep it here on the middle.
4: Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want, or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind.
5: disappears.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker, Mike little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but be hundred percent honest with you. I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian and my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say,
6: We got this. Call 215-458-2222.
7: of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
1: going over top 30 NFL free agents, because free agency starts here in a couple weeks here. I think it starts actually on the 1st. And I know franchise tagging and transition players, now teams get an opportunity to put that on their respective player, but they usually wait until the very last day to do that. Um, Let's pick it up at 20 here. Hope I'm saying his name right. Mike Jasicki, tight end Dolphins. Give me your thoughts on, on Dallas Goddard.
2: I think uh, Dallas Goddard is a guy that, you know, he's just now starting to reach the potential of what he can be. Once uh, Zach Ertz left, it put him at that number one option to the quarterback, not just number one as a receiver, a wide receiver, but number one option in the offense in the passing game. And he's only showed that he's one of the better tight ends in the league um, after, you know, inheriting that number one spot from when Zach Ertz left. With Zach Ertz being there, it kind of put him in a bad position because – not a really a bad position, but he was a number two, and he would have always been a number two because of Zach Ertz was just a good um, good player. But he brings more to the table than Zach because he can run block better. Um, he's a little faster than, than than Ertz, more athletic, and he gets yak yardage. That's one thing that Ertz lacked was yak yardage. He, 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 once you hit him, he was going down. Well, this kid, he's he has the potential to score in every play, you know, has really good hands. He's just learning what he is as a player right now. I think going into this year, being a number one and the guys, you know, really trusting in him, the quarterbacks really trusting him, the sky's the limit for this guy. We're talking about he has the ability to be up there with the upper echelon tight ends in the league. You know, he could be up there with the, you know, Kitchens and, and, and Kelsey's and, you know, he's that good of a player.
1: There's another tight end at 21, Dalton Schultz tight end Cowboys. Would you want to strengthen the Eagle tight end position, because that looks, again, if you're going to build the team around Jalen the way you're talking right now, at least on this day, March 1st, you're talking right now, you're building the team for this quarterback to be the starting guy in 2022 here. Don't you want that position? Because that position looks like his go-to position because again, you see the tight end, he's up the seam. It's if I don't see my one, I could go to my tight end or my back. At least it's, It's simpler for him to find that guy. Do you want to strengthen that position? And in the process, like you and I both said, you weaken the Cowboys. Cowboys are not going to be keeping a lot of these guys, and this guy's going to command some dough, I think, on the open market because you and I, I think, both agree. The tight end position is becoming something of a focal point now in many offenses. Like, I could see this kid going to Cincinnati. Could you imagine him in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and the rest of those other guys? And you put him in that offense, be unstoppable.
2: Either Schultz or Gasecki are you know two guys that would fit perfectly in this offense, but I doubt if Howard would go out there and spend some money on a tight end. He'd go in the draft for that, right? Yeah, they're going to. And plus, he likes the guys that he has now. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind it, but they, you know, these guys are going to command a little money. Uh, They're going to be like the Austin Hooper. You know, when he went out, I think he's getting like ten mil a year. You know, when he signed his deal, they're going to be looking towards the same um, amount of money going to this free agency. You know, Schultz played at a high level. Schultz became a target for Dak. Uh, Jaceki, you know, has been consistent, you know, since he left. uh, what Was he Penn State guy?
1: Yep.
2: Really good. You know, he's a really good tall, has a size, speed. You know. Both of those guys can command high dollar contracts in free agency higher than what the Eagles will pay.
1: I like this kid here, and I think this is somebody that you put in your D-line here. Emmanuel Ojaba, edge rusher, Dolphins, um, very productive. He's in that 20 area now. You're talking maybe two years, right? Yep. Seven and a half, eight million? Yep. I mean, add some depth to your D-line. He's very he's, productive. He was very productive for Brian Flores.
2: He's a real pass rusher, too, but he can also play um first and second down. Gets up the field. Um, he's an edge rusher, but penetration kills run plays. He can definitely penetrate knife. You know, he's gonna have a problem against bigger guys, but still, you know, what they're asking him to do, he could fit in and and be a very productive uh uh rush in for this Eagles team.
1: You know what, Barrett, with a lot of defenses are starting to do now they're starting to put guys in these nine techniques yep wide nines nines. like you know instead of being in a five technique they got you in these nines and they're just flying these guys to get that tackle's feet out there and when you got an island and you got an ot on an island like that and there's no guard help or tackle help or uh, tight end help and you put them in those nines and you got great speed. That's why you're seeing those tweeners now being put out there on the end, them linebackers that run them four fours now. Yep. <laughs> That's the biggest. You know, you know what, Barrett? That's the biggest thing that has changed in pass rushing from our time to today. They're now putting like these Lawrence Taylor's out there, but these guys run four fours. And the number one thing to beat an offensive lineman, the moment you stop your feet, it's over. Yep. He's owned you. He's mauling you. It's over. You keep that guy's feet going. Now some of these guys are spectacular athletes out there on the perimeter playing O line today. Having feet matters so much. But man, when those wide nines now, that's why guys are these hybrid guys now. You're starting to like the Michael Parsons guy.
2: Yep. Yep. You look at um the wide nine started with with Swartz and his his defense. You know when he was with Tennessee. When they add wide nines like that, teams are going at them with these smaller pass rushing type of guys. You're right. But the only thing about it, you know, offenses have now changed with, um, you know, with with these read options and they are kind of kill them in the read option because it creates such a big hole on the outside. But when you have a guy that can retrace guys running four fours. You you put yourself in a you put that defense in a you know compromised position, but if you're able to get up under and 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 make some plays, then you know it'll be okay. But you got to have a a, an explosive guy to be out there now to do those type of things.
1: Number twenty three is Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle, Bears. Baller, baller, Baller. man, and a baller mauler. Yes, (laughs) you have to account. You have to
2: account for where he is. When you're an offensive guy. He's an
1: old-school Ted Washington.
2: Oh, my goodness. And he's explosive, though. He can get up the field, create havoc. And he's a nasty dude, too. He wants to whip the guy in front of you. I I I love Akeem. I love watching him play uh, with the Bears. Love him. But he's going to command a pretty penny now.
1: Oh, absolutely. guy like that, run stopper. Yep. Um, Like, I think he fits with the Chargers. The Chargers need to stop the run, man. They can't stop the run. That was part of the issues that they had. They could get after the pass, but they couldn't stop the run to save their lives last year. And they a guy like that fit in. But then again, you got the Spanos family that's cheap. Um, how about this guy? This guy had a factor and w- made an impact on a defense. Number 24, Melvin Ingram, edge rusher Chiefs. He's going to be on the open market now. I didn't really think that they really did a good job of utilizing him in Pittsburgh, but when he got to Kansas City, man, he changed that defense around. Put the guy back inside Chris Jones. He was getting after quarter. He was getting after quarterbacks. I think he had almost the same kind of impact that Von Miller had on that Rams team. He had big impact. That changed that whole dynamic of that defense. That's what I remember him people. at South Carolina. Do you? Is this somebody that you'd want to bring in and take a look at at least, maybe work him out, have a conversation with him?
2: He's definitely worth a conversation. Look at what happened when he got to Kansas City. Before then, they couldn't stop anybody. They had Jones playing out of position, playing the defensive end. Put him back down to the three technique. You put in, um, uh, put him uh, at the defensive end position. Now you're cooking with hot grease because he's going to get up the field. He was out of place in, um, in, in Pittsburgh because – He's a, he's not a linebacker. He is no, a. You know what I Garrett,
1: You know what I thought they did to him. I thought they'd line TJ up in the wide field, mm-hmm. and they would flip these guys. And they always put TJ on the wide side. And I always thought they put uh, Melvin on the strong side or the weak side, and he'd be in the into the sidelines where you have everybody else. And he'd always they'd always have TJ on the weak side end. And then rushing him off the weak side, no tight end, just tackle. And I thought that Melvin's got to be in the open end, too. He's got to yep. be in the open end like that on the weak side. And I thought they utilized him wrong. I, I know TJ had 22 some sacks, 22-and-a-half sacks. I get it. but
2: They used TJ right, and, and, and Melvin was a sacrificial lamb.
1: That's right. <laughs> and when he got to Kansas City, they used him right. Right, right. And right. he made a factor here. Here's Here's a guy, too, at 25. Casey Hayward, cornerback, Raiders.
2: Casey Hayward, Hayward come in. He plays everything well. He can play zone. He can play man to man. Proven player. Uh, how old is he? He's kind of like thirty. What thirty two?
1: Thirty two. I think either yeah. thirty two or thirty one.
2: Yeah, he's 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 a little longer too. But you're getting consistently a good player out there on the edges who's seen everything that you you know that you could throw at him. Really, really good player. I like him, man. I think he come in, and he's not going to command that much money since he's an older player. But um, he'll be definitely a compliment to whoever he ends up with, uh, you know, as, as far as me, might even be in a number one uh, at, at, at the cornerback position. He might be a number one.
1: Number 26, Lincoln Tomlinson, guard 49ers. Great running game they had. I mean, that old line. You could put it in the conversation as being the best offensive line in the National Football League right next to the Eagles. I mean, that forty-nine year old line, I, I'm a huge fan of it, man. The way Me they too. blow people up, man. They <laughs> they blow people up down the line of scrimmage. How about this kid here?
2: I think he's gonna come in and he'll be another guy that's gonna be highly um sought after in free agency. Um he just a consistent guy, man. He does everything good. He's consistent. He consistent run blocks, and uh, on, on on pass blocking, I think he's adequate enough that you don't have to worry about him. And that's the big thing when you're when you're looking at offensive linemen, especially guard position. If you can plug a guy in and you don't hear his name, that means he's a good player. Is when you start sliding the line to somebody, you know, you have to compensate for him not being able to hold up. That's when you start worrying about an offensive line. But You can consistently block him man-to-man against, you know, just about whoever you want to block him against, and he has some success with him. You won't have to worry about him.
1: This kid's interesting, too, because I think he's a good player, and this is a need on the Eagle team. Devondre Campbell, linebacker, Packers. Yes. Um, Would but... have we be more apt to go into the draft or to go and get somebody, like we talked, Lottery ticket, hand of gold with somebody he's, like this. He
2: usually goes into free agency. You remember what he did with Eric Wilson last year? Um, he brought in, you know, Singleton. You know, he's a guy that, you know, for, for free agency. He likes to go out and get free agent guys instead of bringing in and drafting linebackers high. Now, he did spend a third round pick um, on a linebacker from uh, from um, Colorado. What was his name? Um Oh, my God! I can't remember his name now.
1: Stream, help us.
2: You know, he was with uh, – and he's looking – I mean, he looks like he might be okay. Uh, a player, Devontae De, – Davion De Taylor. Davion Taylor's name, Davion Taylor. They brought – they they did draft Davion Taylor pretty high at, at um, in the third round. Extremely great athlete. Just started really playing football, um, you know – you know, for because his his parents were uh, seven-day Adventists, so he didn't they didn't allow him to play on Fridays, I mean on, on Saturdays, Fridays, you know, because of, you know, religious beliefs. So a lot of the times he didn't play in high school, he would just practice. Got to college and started playing more, and his game got better and better. So he's still green when it comes to being a linebacker, reading keys and understanding where he fits in within the defense. Last year he showed some great signs, even though he got put on uh he got put on IR. Before they put him on IR, he showed some ability to go out there and be a pretty good player, especially after um TJ Edwards started playing and he saw how TJ Edwards are hitting things downhill. He then started to do do that a lot and uh became a pretty good player until he got hurt.
1: Hey, I, I gotta tell you a quick story about John Gruden. I got two more left here, but I got I got it when it comes to religion. So I, I, you know, they were on our, our station, WDAE in Tampa. I was there for 15 years and Gruden would allow me to come on the field and he would see these guys praying, and he would, Hey, mom Brooks, hang in there. So, (laughs) Hey, Hey, well, Hey, John Gruden would look over at me. He goes, look at that shit. Look at that shit. I don't want my player fucking praying before a game get that out of here i'm going like man <laughs>
3: yeah you, you yeah.
2: that's why he i'm gonna tell you the truth that's exactly why he and, and and Randall Cunningham never got along it was like oil and water bro oil and water because no
1: way i forgot about no way john cruden he he thinks there's religion has no place on a foot kneeling and he hey dude he he hates all you know he hates all of that.
2: Until he got and- until he got um he got um he got um what's his name? Um oh my goodness, um uh the receiver. Uh is his name? Tim Brown. No, 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 no. Someone when he was with the Eagles. Uh Fryer. He got Irvin Fryer in the fold. Oh Irvin, he's a preacher. Yeah, he didn't say anything to Irvin, but he said everything and called Randall everything but a child of God when he was coach- coaching him. But yeah, because he, but
1: Irving, man, Urban, you know he's, he's a little different.
2: Yeah, he was a little different. Like he, 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 bro, before he got saved, he was he was that guy. I remember, he
1: uh, he was in Miami.
2: Yeah, he got he cut up gun. by yeah. his old lady,
1: right? Yeah, <laughs> he got cut up on draft night. If I'm not right. mistaken, he right. got some crazy first ass ass, Yeah, first pick, right? I he know, was the first pick. Um, yeah, man. I mean,
2: he left. Uh, he left Miami because he brought a gun. He was gonna shoot yeah. somebody in practice, you know. Yeah, he from he from around this area. He's from 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 South Jersey, and where he was from, man, they ain't played, man. Pensacola, Camden area, bro, it's like the high, fifth highest. No, in fact, Camden might be you know fourth or fifth highest crime rate per capita in the country. You Dude, know the area he's from.
1: He he is. I'll tell you. Let me just say this. That's one of them dudes in the locker room that jumps on the dark side, right? Real fast. <laughs> I, again, he's a religious man now, but back in the day. Man, nobody he was played with him in, too, right? Dude, but he was, bruh. He said hey, nobody played with him in New England. No, When he was in Miami,
2: so when he get to when he got up here, a couple of players, you know, you know, tried to pop off at him one time. Say, look, bro, I ain't always have religion. said <laughs> you know, I ain't always have religion. Do not play with me. Richard Cooper used to. Richard Cooper's a tackle, man. We got him from the Saints. He used to always crack jokes. You know, he was like the locker room lawyer. You know, he's the guy that everybody, you know. Looked at him because he was always going to be the funniest guy in the room. But he got to say something about Irvin. And uh, Frog, got turned around and said, hey, hey, Coop, Coop, I'm just going to let you know now, I ain't always had religion. Don't think I might go back to my heyday. I'm just letting you know. Just leave it alone. Coop, you know, went straight, you know, hey, uh, my fault,
1: Irv. I'm sorry, my fault. (laughs) Some of them dudes in that locker room, man, they just – there's certain guys you have you don't you don't play with, certain guys that have no sense of humor yep. and are constantly thinking that you're challenging them. And you just you go, you know, you just leave them who they are because yep. that's what a locker room is. All right, at 29. I put this guy here because you tell me if you think that he's gonna get opportunities. I put Antonio Brown here, wide receiver, 29, Buccaneers. Do you know he's the second fastest guy? To 800 receptions, still with all the issues, only next to Jerry Rice. Yes. And he still could potentially one day, he's got a Super Bowl. I I don't know how people will look at him Hall of Fame-wise, but he's got a Hall of Fame resume. Yep. I know the stuff on the side. I get it. I I get all of that. Would you bring him in on a league minimum contract? No. Too much?
2: Yeah, he's he's too much of a distraction, too much about himself. You know, at the end of the day, you know, even with receivers, you still got to understand that this is a team sport. and He has no conceptual idea what a team sport uh, is, And you know, when he's getting challenged. You know, bro, that's all a part of being in sports. It's you being challenged by people that are coaching you, uh, you being challenged by people that have your best interests at hand, and you basically think that it's everybody else's fault and not your fault. I ain't got time for that, man. I ain't got time for that, man. I I I, 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 I need to know somebody's going to be here. Yeah, I, I, I need somebody. If I'm in a foxhole, you know, I, I, I'm not looking to, you know, to, to jump in a foxhole with him. And he'll, you know, I'll be scared that he might shoot me in the back to save himself. You know what I
1: mean? Yep, absolutely you know? agreed. Number 30, finally, Calais Campbell, defensive line, Ravens. We're talking
2: about a pillar of what you want a defensive lineman to look like. I mean, what is he like? Six, seven. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know. Actually, yeah. want to
1: hear something? He's been a better pro than he was at UM. Yep. <laughs> he's because he, you know what? I thought he took plays off at Miami, mm-hmm. but then again, it could have been the crappy coaching that he got when he when we didn't have very good coaching at the time. Right. Um. He's been, in my opinion, he's probably the best defensive end, pure end because Hendricks was more of a stand-up linebacker, Hall of Famer too, by the way. Um, I think he's been the best defensive end that Miami has ever produced. And to me, I think he's a Hall of Fame football player too. Now, the question would be, would he have anything in the tank to help that defensive line in Philly?
2: I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't even think he plays this year. I think he's done, man. Oh, you think enough. he's
1: finished, okay? Yeah, I,
2: I don't think I don't think he even really wants to play. And, you know, everybody wants to play. You know, everybody wants to get that I think check. he's
1: got 15 years in.
2: Right. But once you start the process of getting ready for the season, that's when that's when you really really have to look at all right, am I playing or am I not playing? Having the condition, get in shape, be ready for the season to go into the next year that's when you start thinking, man, do I really want to go out here and condition and get back to the point of where I could play again? Or am I good with just sitting back and watching football and maybe talking on TV? You know, because I remember when came I watched his progression. When he was with the Cardinals, man, his first year, you know, he was a good sack guy, but I thought he was still learning the game. He didn't – he wasn't polished. It wasn't until, you know, um, he left. And when he went down to, to uh, Jacksonville, he really, really – Came one of the dominant players that you see him at now. The he was good in player.
1: Arizona too.
2: Yeah, he was. I mean, he he was the type of guy that, you know you could put him anywhere. You could put him at defensive end. You can put him at the three technique. He was tall, but he's still able to um, explode. Very very good athlete. Hard to block. You know, very very strong. Clays Campbell. I saw his development, man. He became a really really good player.
1: Hey, I got a a Barrett real quick, so I. I you you played all of your years in the NFL. So let me tell you this, man. I get I'm in my, my seventh, it's my seventh year of pro ball, but I'm in Canada. So check it out. I'm 35. <laughs> I'm 35, right? I look in the mirror like this. And all the things that you said about doing this. Okay, feel, I I started doing this. I never did this before. Fields wider means I gotta run more. <laughs> Got wait. I gotta. That means I gotta lose weight. Okay. Then. Okay. This guy's guy. Oh, and it was. I forget. It was the old SM. Ron Myers too. Because Ron. Ron recruited me back in the day when they before they got on the cheating scandal, and I was gonna go to SMU, man. I was gonna get paid. Right. I wanted to go there, man. They were telling me fifty thousand bucks pig sales. I'm like, man. I, my grandfather was like, that program will be shut down. He was so on. I go. I don't think so, man. I can't. And I always wanted to play for him, so I said I'm going to play for him. And he was the head coach of the Las Vegas Posse when they had it in America, the CFL. So I go – I'm the first – I posted it. I'm the first guy they signed because he wanted me to play for him. So I get in the first four games, man. I look in the mirror and I do this, Barrett. Shit, man. This stuff is just too much for me now, man. I'm getting up practicing, getting up in the morning, man. And I just went like this. That's it. I'm done. And I I couldn't believe I said it. It was hard. I went to my I walked out in the kitchen. My wife goes like this. She's like, "What's up?" I go, "I'm done." I'm. Done. She goes, "What do you mean you're done?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm I'm finished, man." She goes, "What? You made the team? You're four four games in?" I'm like, "It's it's just it's not going to end well for me." <laughs> <laughs> hey, so that stuff you're talking about, hey, getting up in the morning, running, wind sprints, doing drills, doing shuttles, lifting. Hey, people think it's about kissing cheerleaders and cashing paychecks. Champions are made, man, when the lights are off, bro. And, I'll tell
2: you, same <laughs> story with me, bro. I um, my last year with um, you know, I'm going into preseason. Well, I'm, I'm in preseason, and just you know, it's the fourth preseason game we're playing against um the, the Panthers. And um, my coach, Russ Graham, I go to and say, hey, man, am I making a team this year or not? Bro, he comes up, bro, why are you worried about that? You know you made the damn team. You're my sixth man. You know it. I said, all right, man, I'm just making sure, man. He said, in fact, you don't feel like you want to play this game? You don't have to play if you don't want to play. I said, no, no, I'm, I need to play, man, because my boy Kish." Chris Kimawatu. They were trying to teach him how to be. He was. Um, he was the uh, right guard. They're trying to teach him how to be a better player. So I promised him I'd play when he's in there to make sure he knows the calls because he didn't know. He didn't know any of the calls. You know, I just have to literally tell him: you block him and you go to that backer right there. I've been there. So long story <laughs> long, I get in a game, man, and uh, I rip my quad muscle from my kneecap. I'm sitting on the field and and I'm like, oh man, I can't get up. You know, what I'm saying, and the guy, trainer comes out and say, hey man. Uh, where you going now, man? I said, like, what do you mean? He said, man, somebody half your size, half your age, couldn't come back from this. I'm like, oh, okay, dude. Damn, okay. So long story long, Chris kim was looking at me. He's crying. Oh, B, come on, get up the field. I don't know my place. I said, oh, bro, you'll be fine, man. So I go out, I rehab, and it's, a, it's actually an 18-month injury. So after the 18-month, I'm starting to run now. I'm starting to get in shape. You know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to make a comeback. Well, Bill Parcells, the tuna calls me. Bill Parcells called me. He's an executive with uh, the Miami Dolphins. He turns around and said, hey, hey, hey Brooksy, how you doing? I said, Co- uh, Coach Parcells, how you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Hey, man, uh, you rehab back? You ready to play? Come on and work out for me. I said, well, I said, well, I said, well hey, Coach, I just started working out. And, uh, I, I, you know, give me a call in about three or four. <laughs> <laughs> he hung the phone up on me. He wanted me to just say yes, but once I start giving a song and dance, they give me a call in about two or three weeks. I mean, uh, two or three months. Don't you know? He just hung the phone up on me, bro. He didn't even want to hear anything, man. So that's how I ceremoniously say, you know what? I'm done now. When the tuna hangs the phone up, that's just letting me know. I am no longer playing an NFL
1: staff, bro. Dude, man. Hey, isn't that the – you look in the mirror and you're like this. I don't know. It ain't working. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not because you don't want to play on Sundays. It's because you don't want to do the other stuff to get you to Sunday, man. People don't know that it takes 10,000 hours of training to play, like, one season. Right. Just to get (laughs) your ass out there, man. Man, I got to put 10,000 hours in if I want to play, man, because that's just the way it rolls, man. Hey, a lot of fun again. Three days. I only missed
2: three days. I missed Sunday when we played, Monday when we got paid, and Tuesday my day off. I could do (laughs) without the rest of the BS.
1: Great stuff as always, man. I appreciate you having me on the middle here, man. Thank you you, so much. We'll do it again tomorrow. Guys, don't forget to check us out. Please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Until tomorrow, we'll see you on the flip side.
4: Go for the midnight dares.
6: Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little.
0: I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right. Just by talking with Brian in my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this.
6: Call 215-458-2222.
7: Field of life. First trust bank there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia
3: Bank. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.